Alright everybody, welcome back to Season 2, Tea Time for Lens. This is the Storytelling Edition. If you listened to the intro, you would have heard that I am doing something slightly different this season because I have my baby, baby number two, and he doesn't nap. So it's really impossible for me to organise guests and coordinate all that stuff because he just doesn't nap. So I'm going to do some storytelling this season. I'm going to do about 10 different stories. They are all true stories and some of them will be going into my one woman show that I'm finally doing this year. Huzzah! So some of the names in this episode have been altered slightly just to protect people's privacy and I hope you enjoy everybody. These episodes they're like 10-15 minutes long. They're just quick fun little stories and on with your life. Alright well enjoy and listen out for next week's episode when I don't know which story I'm going to be telling. It's going to even be a surprise for me. Alright and thank you again Poe the Passenger for the intro and outro music. So I went to a super Catholic all-girls high school for the past five years. Then at 16 years old, I enrolled into our local college that had boys. Real life boys. P.S. Everybody in America, in England, you usually go to college to do A-levels, which I think that's changed now. So I wasn't some kind of like child prodigy at in any form at all. The first few weeks were absolute bliss. I had a newfound confidence and I was away from the bullies at high school. And I soon found my group of misfit friends who did include some boys. And it was just absolutely wonderful. I felt like I had finally found my groove and that life was finally, finally taking up for me. And then I met my new drama teacher, Amy. She was nine years older than me, Australian, which was super exotic to any Essex girl, and she was really super, super worldly. She was also really manly, handsome. She was very handsome. She was a very handsome, manly woman, and she would always wear this leather trench coat like Keanu Reeves from The Matrix, and she always had her hair slicked back in this tiny, tight ponytail. And did I tell you that she was manly? Mm-hmm. She told our class how she just casually went travelling around the world with one of her friends. The friend got homesick and went home and Amy continued to travel solo. When she got to New York City, if she didn't have a place to stay that night, she would just walk the streets until morning. What the fuck? She was so badass to us and we were all just completely in awe of this woman. Like, who would do that? Until she moved to England and then she found a job at our college. She was just so worldly to us, to me. And I just, I, I literally, I couldn't get enough of her. I was this daggy 16-year-old kid with baggy grunge jeans, a Green Day or Nirvana sweater on rotation, pink or purple streaks in my hair. And finally I had boys chasing me, something that I had never, never really had happen before. And now... I wasn't interested. I was interested in this manly, handsome Keanu Reeves woman. We instantly bonded over acting and anything theatre related. 
Amy and I would stay at college until midnight working on plays and lots of other dramery things. And a lot of our time was actually taken up just talking, talking about ourselves for hours and hours. And then we would walk each other home. And before I left at her street, she would just hug me. These crazy, incredible power hugs. I called them power hugs because she would just hold me. Felt like for hours and hours. It really was just minutes, but she would just squeeze while she was hugging. And it felt so powerful. And I felt so energized after these hugs. These strong, manly hugs she gave me. She was more manly than any of the boys that were chasing me at college. Christmas swung around and it was her first time in Christmas in the UK. And she was going to be alone. Mm-mm, not on my watch, buddy, I thought. So I spoke to my parents who knew I was slightly infatuated with this teacher. And I asked them if I could spend Christmas Day with her. They reluctantly agreed. And so I spent my Christmas Day with her making cakes, helping her paint her bedroom walls, looking at her photo albums of her life in Australia. It was such a spectacular day. I felt so grown up and so privileged just to be chosen to spend this day with her. I completely was fallen in love with Amy. I felt protected by her, her strong, manly presence. This was serious, I thought. This was it. This is what adulting looked like, and I was absolutely loving it. New Year's Eve 1999 rolled around, and my family went down to the countryside to be with my aunt and cousins to bring in 2000s. I'm wearing my oversized Buffy the Vampire Slayer shirt with Willow and Oz on it because super adult-like, right? My mother, the, the Edina to my auntie's Patsy, turned to me in front of everybody and says, <laughs> You look like a little lesbian, Lindsay! To which I became super proud and tall and matter-of-fact, and I replied, Well, Mum, what if I am? What about it? And that was that. I just came out to my entire family. My cousins, my aunt and uncles, my parents, my brother and sister, the shabam. My lesbian aunt, of course, was absolutely thrilled to have another lesbian in the family. My mother started to cry for the lost grandchildren she would not be having from me. And my dad gave a slight little sigh of relief that I wouldn't become a teen mother that was expected of us Essex girls at that age. I felt like I could take on the world and I had this wonderful, manly woman who I wanted to be by my side, who didn't quite know that I wanted her by my side just yet. Over the next year, we were together and absolutely inseparable. She would come to my house, I would be going to her house, and we would just stay at college, and, like I said, until midnight. And this was four to five times a week sometimes. Always so focused on drama and acting and talking about our histories. And then it came to a natural end. While she started hanging out with women her own age, and this didn't bother me. Honestly, it, it didn't bother me. Or so I thought. Because I always said to myself, let her go, Lindsay, and she will always come back. During this time, whenever we saw each other out, we would always flirt. She would always hug me as if we were dating. And she would always, like, touch my legs and firemen carry me around wherever we were in front of whoever we were with. And just generally be a massive flirt. I have friends who didn't even know about our relationship pull me aside and be like, Uh, is there something, is there something going on with you two? Because you seem like a couple. I mean, pfft. It was love, for sure. At some point during our relationship, there was even talks about Amy and I moving in together. 
The only reservation she had is that I was still only 16 and maybe a bit too young. Two and a half years go by and I've started to date Steve. I'm still flirting with Amy, but I'm like, what am I going to do right now? So we started dating, Steve and I. One day I was in this rehearsal and I was on stage waiting for direction with my friend David when David turned to me and casually mentioned that Amy was moving back to Australia. (laughs) I laughed, thinking he was being a massive fucking dickhead and joking. But then I stopped laughing when I saw how serious his face looked. It felt like my heart had just fallen out of my body and onto the stage and everybody in the rehearsal room was watching this unfold. I became hot and sweaty and David told me that she had quit her job suddenly because one of the teachers was about to fire her for fraternising with female students and she couldn't, she couldn't be fired. So she quit. All of a sudden. And she was going in a week. A week. One week. I ran home and I bolted up the stairs without saying hello to anybody in the house and I was in full on fucking meltdown mode. I called my friend Emma and I was on the phone for apparently ages according to my mother because my mother comes barging into my room and starts yelling at me for the amount of time I've been on the phone and did I pay the phone bill Lindsay? No. Therefore I need to hang up and give other people a chance to talk on the phone. Fucking hell. I didn't even say goodbye to Emma before I threw the phone at my mother and tried running out of my bedroom past my dad who was now coming up the stairs headed toward the commotion to see what was going on. My dad however pushed me back up the stairs and into my room demanding to know what was wrong with me Lindsay why I was being so dramatic. Well I buckled. I just my voice cracked. I was trembling And somehow I managed to tell them that Amy was leaving. The love of my life. The woman who I came out to everybody because I thought I was completely and head over heels in love with was leaving. And not to somewhere else in England. She was moving back to Australia. My life was fucking crumbling around me. My parents looked at each other and they knew just how fond I was of Amy. And out of nowhere absolute nowhere they just sprung into action my mother went into overdrive she was just going through my drawers and just piling clothes onto the floor where's your passport Lindsay find your passport John go book Lindsay a flight to Australia I just stood there frozen being like what the fuck I haven't even told Amy how I felt about her I mean it was screamingly obvious over the two and a half years how I felt about her But had I actually told her, "Mm, no, I hadn't. So I had my parents' blessing. So that was kind of a big deal to move to Australia with a woman that I was completely in love with. So figured I'd better go and tell her that I was completely and head over heels in love with Amy. So off I went to meet her and tell her how I felt. As soon as I told her, her face just dropped which made my heart just be like, what have I done? Apparently, Amy had no idea how I felt about her. All the years of flirting, being completely outrageously inappropriate with each other, was apparently brand fucking new to her. So, she looked absolutely mortified as I stood there gushing for what seemed like forever. 
It felt like a scene right out of the French film Amelie. My heart and all my guts and everything just dripping out onto the fucking floor. Amy moved back to Australia a week later. I, of course, did not go with her. I did, however, stay in Southend with Steve. And at this point, I was looking into going to university or drama schools, to which Steve gave me an ultimatum. I either go to university or drama school and we don't stay together, or I stay in Southend with him. A couple of months later, I was off. Off to university to start a brand new chapter. So sick of the sweet talk.